I'm terrified. It's so much pressure. Like I haven't had, I haven't had really a home routine in 10 years, and to now all of a sudden be able to have a routine, I'm just terrified that like I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm supposed to be waking up and exercising every morning and making breakfast and then going to work and then be done with things at this point. And if there's a day where I just, for whatever reason, decide whatever, screw it. I'm not cooking dinner. <laughs> What's really interesting about right now is, you know, so it, it feels like we are working at home, from home, through home, because of home. Like everybody's working and they're working on something. So part of what I'm trying to release and get people to think about is doing their work on their home in order for everybody to be productive. And what do you think about that? So you're trying to get people to do their homework. Yeah. And it feels like a play on word, but actually it's, I, I think it's pretty serious. Is that because I think that some people have been placed into, it's going to feel like uncomfortable positions because they didn't have to navigate. They had a choice before. I think that's a big difference between prior work from home, work at home, flexible work arrangements is that I had an option of how long I got to exercise that and I had a way to explain it to whoever I was cohabitating the space with. And now I don't get to explain it and I have no options because of a mandate or what, whatever you call it that causes us to be in this new space. We're really stuck. Well, and it's not just one person. So in the past, maybe one person had the option to work from home, but an entire family where there's either one adult in the household, two adults in the household, maybe there's some kids, maybe it's two young professionals and their roommates, two or three of them, and none of our spaces have been set up to manage that. I mean, they've, for the last couple of generations at least, they're sort of a landing spot, the beginning of the day, the end of the day, place to have, you know, sort of a personal life, but really not meant to house everything that happens around yeah. our education and our life and our work and a place for the parents to be productive and a place for the kids to be productive. Maybe a place to take care of somebody older in your family. So mm. all of that stuff is still happening in a space that ostensibly you moved into because it worked for like a piece of that puzzle, but now it's got to work for all of that puzzle and didn't move into it thinking that's what it was going to be intended for. Yeah, and I think I also think about it in the terms of we're in this space right now with no prep. It's like it's just all of a sudden yeah. make it work. Mm -hmm. And that make it work um, uh, sort of push that everybody's going through, not only were they not prepared for it, some of them don't want it. Like literally, it's like I don't want to be in this position right now just because of the human dynamic or lack of human dynamic like this is really hard so I part of um, the puzzle you talk about is when, I, when I'm asking people to do their literal home work it's like what pieces of your home 
already worked for you in the way you used to function. And some of those will probably stay the same, but some of those are gonna change drastically. And then what, what portions or segments or zones, and we'll talk about that in a second, in your home, you've never thought of using them that way, like ever, ever. I think there are gonna be some screens in different rooms that were just never meant to be in those rooms, but that's where they're going to be in order for people to like function. Well, you told me a story of somebody you were talking to, one of our clients, and she she's working from home in one spot, and in this instance, her husband was in sort of the next room, not sort of, was in the next room, but had gone back to his office because there was a bunch of sort of gear and tech that he needed in order to do his job. And she walks over there and it's just now like computers and monitors and all sorts of stuff just set up ad hoc in a random sort of corner of, mm -hmm. <laughs> of a room mm -hmm. that was not at all intended for that. It's like, wow, like this stuff is just invaded yeah. in a way that for that person, it's necessary for them to get their job done yeah. is to take over a space that was not at all intended for it. Yeah, and I think you know all the all the, all of the effort we put into designing things for creature comfort features in our homes. It's like everybody designs this space to be comfortable for them, so they can do what they need to do. And now, some of the very spaces that we spent literally an enormous amount of energy and capacity on in negotiation with whoever was with us is like i want this to be the special place i want this to be the place i go to and now it's like uh no like that place isn't that place anymore as a matter of fact we're co-sharing and i've got it for the hours of you know and you fill in whatever blank you want so the, i think the one of the things about homework is that what is the negotiation process you're going to go through in order to figure out how to make your home literally work. And that's why this is so important because it's about the human dynamics mm -hmm. fundamentally. Because if you can't have those conversations with whoever it is you're inhabiting a space with, the, the probability of this going well for you or not going well for you mm -hmm. is a lot about your ability to navigate those conversations with empathy and in service of the greater good versus just what your needs are. So all the things that we traditionally think of as those communication skills, if you were ducking and dodging and avoiding conversations <laughs> before, now you really have to have them and you yeah. have to have them to make things smooth tomorrow, not yeah. six months from now. Yeah, I, I talk about in one of the, in the article we published, it, it was about everything right now at home is in like high definition. Like everybody can see and hear everything all the time. And we're just not used to that. Like we don't have the I remember when I used to have the option of I would come home from work intentionally to find some peace or a retreat and I would go to a certain place for me it was always wherever the piano was and so I would go to that space and you know what's really interesting now is I would go to where the piano was and even though that was my space I knew at certain times of the day I couldn't play it because the sound of the piano invaded somebody else's space for whatever they were doing. And now, if I think about that just as an example, there are places in people's homes where they go to get away from things, and those very spaces now are occupied. And what do you do in that particular instance? That's why I say this, this homework thing is like, it's not an option. 
And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And the conversations, the level of conversations and the level of negotiation the level, and the level of, for some people, sacrifices they're going to have to make in order to make this work, to make their home work, it's going to be deep. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, let's put it out there. It's going to be, there's a range of emotions we're all going to go through. And so much of it is based on, I mean, it all intertwines. It's based on socialization. So how I was socialized in a professional environment, in my work environment to get my work done is now bumping into the way everybody else in my home needs to function in order to get work done. So you have the the physical arrangement of the house as one part of that equation, but then you also have this entire humanness of this is what I need to get through my day and manage my day. And usually at work, we're in and or school for that matter, you have some level of control around how you manage your time, around how you manage yourself. And it's not that easy now because all your stuff is bumping into everybody else's stuff. And if you need different (laughs) things or if you socialized a different way, it was one thing to bring sort of the different ways everybody socialized into a home to live together and exist in their personal lives together. It's a totally different lens to be able to function with someone in a space where potentially you're both there in a professional, with that professional lens. Because we don't necessarily Mm. choose the humans we live with based on our ability to work well with them or based on our ability to be complementary in terms of the things we need in a professional environment. That's just not the reality of how it happens. And you know what what else is gonna be really interesting is every now and then every relationship goes through a phase where people need to get away from the other human just for space. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to say, like, I just need some time. I just need some space. And, like, where are they going to go? It's like a bad dream where every <laughs> door you open, there's somebody on the <laughs> yeah, other side right. of it. Like, there's nowhere to go. You know, so the structure of homework, though, so as you were thinking about it and we were just brainstorming a little bit about, it's it's one thing to be able to say these are the tips mm and tricks for how you can most productively work remotely. Meaning, how do you navigate being on a video conference for the first time, or Mm -hmm. potentially being on a video Mm -hmm. conference all day? How do you manage humans now remotely? That's one very particular set of skills, and where we landed though is even before that, there's this whole body of pre-work you have to do Mm -hmm. to even get to the point where those things, you can even focus on those things. And that's where the structure came into place that's yeah. got sort of the, the three levers to it. Yeah, and we've, we've already started talking about the physical space. So the physical space is one thing. And I, I think, um, you know, as a piece of advice, if you would pause long enough to sort of look around and look at the patterns that are in your, in your home, in your living space right now, there are patterns that we navigate through our own homes. I don't care what the square footage is. You have patterns. You come out of the bedroom, you go to the left, you go to the right, whatever the layout dictates that you do, but you create these patterns. And they become really comfortable to the point where you could almost do them with your eyes closed because you know the layout so well. And now that layout is being redesigned because of the interactions you may have to have, not necessarily with another human, but because of with the work you need to get done. So I, while I would use to go straight to the kitchen, I have to actually go past the computer screen that's open because I'm about to do a video call that I've already clicked into. And like it's all these things you have to think about in the physical environment. I used to only have to worry about one background. Now everything is in the background. 
whether they're breathing <laughs> or inanimate, everything is in the background. So the physical space is a big deal that people have to pay attention to. And I think reimagining that physical space is one of the things that's really interesting. And I think most of us don't either individually or with our group of humans that we cohabitate with, you typically don't just randomly on a Saturday decide to rearrange all of the furniture that's right. in your house or in your apartment or whatever it is. Um, and that's something that we have to give each other permission and empowerment to do right now and sort of summon the, the courage and the energy to say, as a slowdown to speed up, there may be a way that for the next couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, we need to physically get in there and rearrange our physical space to make it work for everybody who's there as much as humanly possible. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be all things to everybody, but if you move a couch and a chair and maybe the dining room table needs to wind up somewhere other than the dining room for mm -hmm. a little bit in order to make it work, those are the things that we just we typically don't have to think about. And what we're saying is you should probably think about that. It's gonna be a little bit out of the box. It may be a little creative. It may be a little wonky and you may not like what it looks like for a while, but perhaps that is the more functional way for you to get stuff done so that kids have a place to do schoolwork and join their Zoom <laughs> conferences mm -hmm. now that mm -hmm. all now that all the kids in America are on Zoom conferences right. together, right? And yet the the adults have a place to maybe close a door if they need to in order to do a really important video conference or even conference right. call, and that's just not something that we typically want to jump into because it feels like a lot of work and it feels like a lot of negotiation. Yeah, and in this case, it's maybe necessary. Yeah, and I, th and I think of uh, some of the things that you, people have to pay attention to is, so, uh, you know, the idea of, and everybody has a level of this um, tendency. We love to spread in order to get work so done. So guilty of that. Just, we love to spread. And so the question is now, like, how much space do you actually need in order to get work done? Like, do you really need that much space to spread out? Especially if you have to share that space with somebody else. Now, some people have the, I'm, I'm, I'm using the word luxury. I don't mean it in, a, in the, in the sense of luxury, but some people have the, the privilege and or option to have like literally counter space in order to spread out. Some people don't have counter space mm -hmm. like that. So you have to find other ways to navigate how they spread. And for some people, that's putting a computer on a, on an ottoman or a chair and turning it backwards and mm -hmm. you know making sure that the, the your computer's stacked up on a bunch of books mm -hmm. so it's at the right eye level like all those things need to happen and I what I what we hope people start to get out of this is to understand you need to be intentional about thinking about it versus just doing it and only coming through the lens of what works for you because it's got to work for a lot of people so I, I, again, you, you were right, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said the way they typically work to get their computer screen to so they can you know see is they, they do have it stacked on some books. And say when they started working at home, they realized that one of the very books was one of their kids' books that the kid, now that the kid is home from school to work and they came and took the book. So the computer was like four inches lower and they didn't know what happened. It's like, wait, like you can see the seal, like what happened? Like the book is gone because it was the kid took their book. Mm -hmm. And he, just, he said, I just never had to pay attention to that before. And now I need to pay attention. 
to what books I use to create my shelf <laughs> on my computer. And it's really different. And while these things seem, you know, benign or like we're making light of them, the reality is it's pretty serious mm-hmm. when you have to coexist. Well, and when you have to do it day in and day out for mm-hmm. days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. I think a couple of weeks ago, this maybe not as relevant to everyone who is now mm-hmm. thrust into this situation thought that it was going to last for a week or two. But I think people think thinking now about this lasting medium term, at least not long term, but medium term. We need to settle into this for potentially another month here. And everyone needs to not want to kill one another on the other side of the equation. It's, it's a little bit of a different story than we'll just figure it out and suffer through it. That's what it is. We're saying you don't have to suffer through it. Like there's ways to make it work so that this is not quite as painful. If you take the time to do that, to do that homework. Yeah, and the physical environment's one thing. Then it's the re- relational environment. So you're you're um, in a space, and I'm, I am not talking about people who only live with other people. I mean, if you're single or if you're occupying a space by yourself, you still are interacting with other people because you have to. Uh, it's just virtual. So the relational uh, environment that you now have to share and figure out how to navigate is just as important. So you have to have conversations with people at a very different level that typically, not only did you have the option of skipping, you didn't even know you need to have them because it just never came up. Like when I leave for work, I leave for work. There is nothing to talk about, mm-hmm. about what I did when I first got in the door at work. Mm-hmm. Like I never had to explain to anybody that as soon as I go in, I go get some water. And then right after I get some water, I stand and stare out the window. <laughs> and right after I finish staring out the window, I then go sit down and I turn on some music. And then right after I turn on some music, I look at my calendar. I didn't have to explain that to anybody. Now, whoever's in, whoever's in the house with me sees that. And I've got to navigate, did I just waste time or was what I doing to prepare myself like messing up with messing up someone else's day or rhythm? Or did you have the conversation with the rest of the people to say, hey, by the way, the way I start my day, the way I know I'm going to be most productive is I need about 15 minutes, the front part of the day with no interruptions and I get a glass of water, I put on some music, I look through my calendar, and it's really my time to sort of set. So when I start my day from 8 to 8.15 or whatever it is, just asking everybody to give me that time, what are the things you need to start your day so that we can best be in service of each other as we navigate that? That's the most important part, being in service. So telling the person what you need and not asking them what they need is not going to make things better. It's like sharing, it's reciprocal value in this. So this is what I need to start my day. What do you need to start your day? And by the way, the time of day that the day starts, really different. Yeah, very different. (laughs) Yeah, I remember growing up, my mom and dad, so both government workers, um, both would get home, got, you know, eight to five, typical traditionalist generation work hours. And they would get home and literally from 5.30 to 6.15, they both took a nap. And I was home from school, and I got home at like 3.30, 4 o'clock, whatever it was. But when they hit the door, I knew the entire house had to be quiet. My brothers and I, we would make sure everything was quiet at 5.30, 6.15. So they could take their nap. Then my mom would get up first. She would start dinner. Then my dad would get up, and he would go down to the basement. Like Everybody had their routine. Mm-hmm. And I think what needs to happen is those became unspoken routines because of the relationship we were in. And now you're going to have to redesign 
the relational environment for how you are in service of one another. So where the, not, I don't mean to make it sound like about when do I need to take a nap? That could be a thing, but it does mean when do I need there to be quiet and when is it okay for there to be noise in the background? If you don't tell somebody, how are they going to know? Um, and you may not know. I mean, these right. are the things where you may not realize it because for the first time you are seeing your behavior through the lens of these other humans who have not interacted with you every day in your work environment. So you may be seeing things or experiencing things about yourself that you never have had to articulate to anyone before and you didn't even necessarily know you did it. So it's not a blind spot or a bias. It's just you've never had to open your mouth and talk about it with another human before. And now you're having to do it, but it's not like you're doing it with a manager. You're doing it with a partner or a child or a parent or a roommate, which is a really strange place to find yourself in conversation about some of these things. I mean, some of them are quirks that, which is the other side of the equation, right? Some of the quirks that those people you cohabitated a space with before, they were able to just be like, oh yeah, Reggie does that once in a while, but I can kind of brush it off. But now if Reggie's doing it 19 times a day in front of me and it's kind of annoying, how am I going to navigate having that conversation in a way that we're still both okay on the other side? Yeah, there's, you know, you you can find yourself noticing things about the other people in your space to your point, like you didn't notice before, but like there, some people are going to hear a different voice come out of the humans that they've never heard before. It's like, wait, when did you start laughing like that? And, and that's their, their work laugh, yep. their video conference tone. Like we've all got these things that we do that we didn't have to explain. Plus, some of us didn't know we were doing it at the level we were doing it. We knew we were doing it because we all code shift to make it through mm-hmm. our day and we navigate different people at different levels. But sometimes until someone calls you out on it and makes you aware of what it sounds like or feels like, you don't know you were doing it. I had a person tell tell me one time, said, Reggie, you know you talk really, really fast. Well, to me, I'm the one talking. It's not fast to me. Oh, your words per minute are through the roof, man. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean by that. No. <laughs> but but that's but that leads to, you know, what we don't want people to do in their relational uh, as you manage your relational environment is don't be judgy and question another person's behavior that you've never seen before just because you've never seen it. It's how they've navigated their space all this time. So when you weren't around and they and you didn't see them at work, they talked fast for a reason. They paused for a reason or maybe they were quiet for a reason. And we've got to show a little grace to everybody as we co-share these spaces so that people you don't wind up being judgy and having a conversation about something that just doesn't matter. Maybe the music coming through their headphones is so loud because the person who sits next to them at the office talks so loud that they have to drown it out with something and that's just what they're used to now. It's all these things just sort of collapsing on one another, which is just really interesting and is going to make for some really interesting relational conversations. And those relational conversations in some cases are going to be about the physical environment. So it's all interconnected. Yeah. And I think the, the, you know, when you think about like, what do you make sure you're considering is making sure you're not skipping the conversations when you need to. Mm -hmm. And then for some, for some of us, it's before I enter into this conversation, let me ask myself a question. Is it really that important? Because you're going to find out that there's some things you thought were important in this new way that we're going to have to sort of like work together at home. 
they just don't really matter because mm-hmm. it's just going to make the environment feel like it's tense for no reason mm-hmm. because it's a preference more than a requirement. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want people to understand in their relationship. This, And I think the last piece of our structure was we talk about physical environment, we talked about a relational environment. The other thing is your relationship with time absolutely matters now. Like society gave us the increments of time. There's a commute time. There's um, you know, tra- with traffic patterns and everything it takes to get there. There's your work hours, whatever they were. Then there was the commute back. Like society, we all have accepted that there are certain times of day when work is supposed to happen. Our relationship with time was based on the bell-shaped curve of everybody was, in, most of us anyway, were in that bell-shaped curve. And now the bell-shaped curve is super flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like time is... There's no template there's anymore. Right. Even though there's still is in terms of when generally you're supposed to start your day and end your day at work beyond that it's a totally different template that's not being forced upon anyone yeah and i don't think it's about uh it, it's not revisiting your time management skills mm-hmm. that's that's not it at all i mean there's plenty of resources to how do you do better time management it's your relationship with time and how much time you spend on things at the, simultaneously while you have other people trying to get your time. So if there's other people in my household, I think those that are doing work at home and they're helping their kids homeschooling with their homework. So I'm doing work from home and I'm doing homework for my kids. Both are important and they both happen to happen at the same time. They didn't before. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. Like I would I would go to work, I would come back from work, I would get on my calls, unplug, do homework with my kids, and then plug back into work. And now they're sort of happening at the same time because it's not homework anymore to the kids. It's all day homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So it's schoolwork all day. Well, and you know for the adults, other than those who majored in math, engineering, or science, it's taking more time because everyone is being tested around their sixth grade algebra skills <laughs> and having to relearn it in order to help those kids do their schoolwork, which is neither here nor there, but just yeah. funny to me. Yeah. You know, so I think the as we think about time, it, it's time to invest time differently. Um, and it's sort of like uh, coming up with the mental framing of how do you recycle time in a different way. Yeah, I like that notion of reinvesting time. So if you had an hour commute before that you don't have now, what are you reinvesting that time in? Mm-hmm. Same thing at the end of the day. Or maybe it was some, maybe it's something totally different, but just something you were spending time doing before that now you're not spending time doing, whether it's errands or whether it's... Right running your kids around to after school activities or whether it's going back and forth to an assisted living facility to visit mm-hmm. a relative because now your ability to do that is even limited. So there's this huge sort of ability to now reinvest where you were spending that time and how do you do it in a way that is making that physical environment make sense, allowing you to spend the time on those relational things and then still continue to invest the right amount of time at work versus not like there's a there's a client we have it's really interesting so both they uh her and her partner have two kids under like three years old four years old something like that um and they both are able to do their work from home for all intents and purposes so bring laptops home and things like that 
Um, and she is super structured and super linear and would really love to be just like a drill sergeant about the schedule. Mm. So I have the kids from nine to 12 and don't do calls. And then at lunchtime we switch and after lunch I do calls and you're managing the kids and she would really love to be able to get a schedule like that. And it's just not working (laughs) as cleanly as she would want it to work. And so that's been on my mind a lot is thinking about how are you splitting up the time and how are you taking the time you have that you got back but not really Mm because now you're managing things like that and being conscious about it versus just sort of letting it happen to you which sometimes you got to just do that but sometimes I think you can take a little bit of control back of that situation and say we just haven't had to think about doing this before how can we think about it and do it differently versus just sort of allowing it to happen to us yeah i also think about those people who already were working from home and have sort of figured this out you know some of them are for themselves themselves, right (laughs) that's that's exactly where i was going it's like they figured it out for themselves minus somebody else but some of them are actually laughing at those of us that have to do this for the very first time and we're struggling but we're acting like nothing's wrong and they're just watching going yeah we, we can see you trying to hide your kid under the, <laughs> under the and push the cat over to the side. Like, we can see it. You don't have to do that. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that leads us to this, when you're investing your time, start to think about, you know, how much value you're placing on the time and also something that people are going to have to reconcile that they had options for before, and it's what's called breaks. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you go to work, you... You took your breaks like and the breaks were literally you designed them you you were the architect of them and it worked for you now you're in a space where just when you get ready to take your break there's another human interaction with needs with needs yeah and you've got to figure out what to do with that because when do you get a break and i say if you if you're thinking about time and this is something you mentioned one time Uh, It's almost like you have to look at time the same way uh, a chief operating officer would look at the logistics of how to run a business. You now have to put a frame of logistics through the lens of time on your home Mm -hmm. in order for it to function. Yeah. This is really different. Yeah. I love that. You know, I love that. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) Just if I could plan everything down to the minute and the second, it would just make me... I know. So happy. I know. But unfortunately, uh, yeah, it's not, no, not, not, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) So to all of those that are out there, I think, um, doing your homework is not an option. Um, and to, you know, to your point, it doesn't, you don't have to suffer through this, but you do need to pay attention to it. Um, because we are all impacting other people. So if we sort of look through the lens of putting humans first in this equation, pay attention to your physical environment, pay attention to the relations that you're in, that the environment of relationships, and then your relationship with time is all a part of doing your homework. So what's the biggest piece of homework you've done? So over the last week as you've been thinking about this and adjusting, like what's been your homework project? that you've been working on. So my homework project is, well, for business reasons, I have to convert um, what I'm going to call analog training into digital training. So my stand-up training and conferences and all those things went away, and I have to, you know, make make digital content. 
The reality is for me to do that, I have to repurpose different rooms in my home in such a way that I can actually shoot video or deliver content or do webcast, that kind of thing. So I've spent, I've spent a lot of time in that physical space as one of my first home projects. Um, I haven't had to have any strong negotiations about when I do it yet, but I know that that's coming. So all my home projects have been physical so far. What about you? Yeah, mine have been, I think it's been about my relationship with time because prior to this, you and I both traveled almost 100% Mm. of the time. I mean, we would be at clients and be doing things and maybe be back in St. Pete for a day or two, turn around a suitcase and then leave again. So (laughs) all of a sudden having the plug pulled um, with no travel and I've spent the last 10 years of my life complaining about the fact that I'm not here, I don't have a routine, and it's sort of a different time zone every day. Now, all of a sudden, I have the entire day to sort of figure out what I want that routine to be and what I want my relationship with time to be as it relates to when I do my work and when I start, when I finish. So it's almost been sort of the opposite problem, not that there's too much time, but it went from absolutely no freedom if you will in terms of my time at home to now all of my time is at home and so what do I what do I do with that and how do I best manage that so I think that's the biggest thing for me is just figuring out how do I invest my time in the right things in this physical space where I haven't done much in this physical space by way of work because my work has always been 100% on the road So this is a very different environment and that's taken a minute for me to wrap my head around a little bit and figure out how to be productive, not, and not like crazy Mm. overproductive, like let me work 24 hours in a day, but also not underproductive because now I'm home and I can do stuff like cook dinner, which I haven't been able to do for the last couple of years. So it's, it's been really interesting trying to find the best way to use my time wisely. You know, I I overheard you on one of the team calls. You were talking about how you were struggling with, am I getting it right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so it's I'm terrified. It's so much pressure. Like I haven't had I haven't had really a home routine in 10 years. And to now all of a sudden be able to have a routine. I'm just terrified that like I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm supposed to be waking up and exercising every morning and making breakfast and then going to work and then be done with things at this point and if there's a day where I just for whatever reason decide whatever screw it I'm not cooking dinner I'm just gonna drink red wine for dinner instead I have to be okay with that and not feel like I failed because I had the option to do something else so I think that's part of this lesson too is making sure you don't feel like a failure when you're getting this stuff wrong because we're all getting it wrong everybody's sort of suffering through it and feeling their way through it the same way and I think that's why it's helpful to think about it in terms of projects and in things of in in ways that are evolving versus there's a perfect way to do it there's not it's just sort of evolving and hopefully we're all getting a little better and to your point we're putting humans first in the equation versus it just making it all about what do I need to, to be good day to day because now you're impacting the lives of you know probably the people that you care most about in this world mm-hmm. stuck in a house with them stuck in a home with them stuck in a 500 square foot apartment with them whatever the case may be so if ever there was a time to be self-aware and to be aware of your sort of situational environment this is this is it yeah 
we're in an on-demand <laughs> part of our evolution right now. Everything right now, how do we get it done? So to everybody out there, make sure you are spending um, intentional energy on doing your homework. <laughs> All right. Um, do better. Be better. Care, Care more. more.